In Parshas Bo, the Torah describes the night of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, the night of the Exodus. The Torah says, Leil Shimurim Hu Lashem. It is a Leil Shimurim for Hashem. To bring the Jews out of Egypt. The Pasuk reiterates, this, this night is for Hashem. Shimurim. Again, the word Shimurim for the second time. For all the Jews, for, all the gener- for their generations. So twice the Torah refers to the night as Leil Shimurim. And it's actually somewhat difficult, it's somewhat unclear, trying to understand what, what the word Shimurim means in both these contexts. Shimurim hu Hashem. Shimurim l'chal b'nei Yisrael. Shimurim l'ashem, shimurim for b'nei Yisrael, for future generations. <coughs> what exactly does shimurim mean? So there are a number of pshatim in the two, in, in, in the two phrases, and, 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 and the word shimurim may not point to many, but Farshim doesn't mean exactly the same thing in, uh, in both places. Rashi, for example, Rashi says, Rashi brings several explanations, with several points, but first he says, what does it mean? It's leil shimurim hu l'ashem. That it's a night that Akash Baruch Hu is Shomeru Mitzapelo. Shomer, according to this understanding, the first time the Pasuk doesn't mean to guard or to watch, which is the common meaning of Shomer. Shomer means to keep track of, to Shomeru uh, Mitzapelo. Akash Baruch Hu was anticipating it, was looking forward to when it would come. Why? Because he, he had to fulfill a promise. Akash Baruch Hu had promised Avram, had promised Avram, and promised that he would bring the Jews out of Egypt. So he was looking forward to this night where he would finally have the opportunity to... To, the, to, to redeem the Jews, to bring them out of Egypt. Rashi goes on. That's what it means. This is the night that he said to Avram, Hashem had told Avram, on this night I will redeem your descendants. So again, that's the Shimurim Hula Hashem. Hashem, for hundreds of years, Hashem had been waiting for this night to fulfill his promise to Avram. For this is the night, to get the Jew, to, to bring the Jews out of Egypt. The second phrase of Shimurim Hula Hashem, Rashi says, Meshumur Mazikin, Hashem protects us from the Mazikin. That subshat we'll spend much of the share on soon. That, that, that's a night of protection from Mazikin. We're not going to get into that yet. But the first Shimurim, Rashi says, means Hagosh Baruch Hu had been looking forward to this night, so to speak, for, for centuries already, to fulfill his promise to Avram to redeem the Jews from Egypt. Rashbam says something similar about the first Lel Shimurim, Lel Shimurim Hula Hashem, Mimosa Vihem. Going back to Avraham Avinu, from their ancestors, Hashbarach was mitzapel Laila. He was anticipating, looking forward to this night to redeem them from Egypt, as he had promised them. And the end of the pasuk, which says that Shimurim l'chol b'nei Yisrael, Shimurim for the Jews. What does that mean? So he doesn't explain anything to do with Mazikin. He explains Chudoshal Mikra that Lel Shimurim l'derosa means, as we said, the Rashbam is one of the great Mefarshei Abshat. Rashbam says. Klai Yisrael looks forward to that night to observe the, the Yom Tov of Pesach, to do Kechol Chukosov and Mishpatov, as we say in the Seder, to, do, to fulfill the night. And Shimurim, according to the Rashbam, both Shimurims in the Pasuk are, are, the word Shimurim has the same sense, not of protection or of guarding, of anticipating, of, of looking forward to. Lashen Hamtana, of waiting. Kemov, Aviv Shemaras Hadavar. A few weeks ago in Parshas, when Yosef told his dreams to his father, so outwardly his father dismissed them, but it says, His father said, his father was keep saying, I think there's something here, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this is going to turn out. So Shemar, in that sense, means, doesn't mean to, to keep, to protect, it means to, to look forward to something, to anticipate something. So according to the Rashbam, both Shimurims mean the same thing. Neither one means protection, both of them mean that it's anticipated first, because Baruch Hu anticipated this night, like Rashi says, to re- the, night, the night he would redeem the Jewish people. And the second Shimurim is the Jews have a corresponding Shimurim. We anticipate this night, we mark it, we look forward to it, that we, we make sure we remember and observe this night to, to commemorate Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra says that it, the, the, the Ibn Ezra explains the second Shimurim of Shimurim of Yisrael, like the Rashbam. But the first Shimurim, he actually explains Shimurim Hula Hashem, Leil Shimurim Hula Hashem, that he explains actually means actually mean Shimurim in the sense of guarding. He says, Al Derech Hapshat, Ibn Ezra is also one of the great Mefarshi Hapshat. It means that because Hashem was Shomer us, because Hashem took care of us 
Hashem protected us from the Mashkis, the night of Machis Bacharos. That's what we celebrate on Pesach, like God skipped over our houses and he, he didn't allow the destructive forces to, to affect us. Therefore, we are Shemurim Lechol Bnei Yisrael. We do the mitzvahs, Pesach, Matzah, Mar. So the second Shemurim, the Shemurim Lechol Yisrael, he explains like the Rashbam, that it refers to we, we make sure to observe the Pesach. The first Shemurim, is, he says, means because Hashem protected us. Hashem provided us with protection on the night of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, back then in Egypt, protection from the harmful forces. So we, we observe Pesach. So according to the, the Ben Ezra, the word Shemurim seems to have a different connotation, the two Shemurims. The first one <coughs> is from the word to guard, to, to, to protect us. The second one, the one that means Shemurim of Israel, means we, we observe the night. So it's, it's almost the opposite of Rashi. Rashi explains the first Shemurim means Hashem was mitzapet toward this night to redeem us, and the second Shemurim is Shemur min Mazikin, Hashem that we're, we're protected from Mazikin. The Ibn Ezra says exactly the opposite. The first Shemurim means that Hashem protected us back then in Mitzrayim from the Mashchis, the destructive angel, the, the destruction of Machis Bacharus, and the Shemurim Lechol Bnei Yisrael means that we make sure to observe the Pesach, where we're Mitzapet, he doesn't say the word Mitzapet, but we, we, look, we, we, we make sure to mark the Pesach and observe it by observe it by the, the, the mitzvahs of Pesach. Then he brings the Eish Mefarshim, another interpretation, that the term, that, that, that the second Shemurim, the Shemurim L'chol B'nai Yisrael, means Kitam Shomre Achomos, those who watch on the walls, Pasuk and Kohelas, it means, literally, the, the Shomre Achomos, they watch, it's their job to stand guard, but, but the connotation is, what, 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 what's the... What's the signature characteristic of a watchman? Wakefulness. He stays awake. He stays alert. He doesn't go to sleep. So that's what it means. We are Shimurim L'chol B'nei Yisrael. We observe this night. We don't go to sleep. We stay up all night, as, the, as it says that they would discuss Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Ideally, one should keep discussing Yitzhak Mitzrayim even after he finishes the, the formal seder until he falls asleep. Should try, or more, more than that, but as I said, you shouldn't even try to fall asleep. You should try to stay up as long as you can. You shouldn't sleep at all. You should... Praise and thank God, and relate his his mighty feats that, that he brought us out of, when, when he brought us out of Egypt, and that's what the Chachamim alluded to when they said that the, we say this in the Haggadah that the rabbis were discussing his and trying the whole night until the Talmidim came and said, "Again, my Kriyash Mashal Shachris." It wasn't just that they got carried away. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to try to stay up all night and discuss your Tzias Mitzrayim. So, according to this pshat, the Shimurim Luchal Bnei Yisrael means we we stand guard, we stand guard and watchful and awake, and we don't go to sleep. The Ramban is not so happy with Ibn Ezra. Nothing he said was especially uh, sacrilegious. This is, I don't think there's an ideological issue here. He doesn't like Ibn Ezra's pshat, that, uh, the first pshat, that, 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 the, the idea that the, the shimurim of Hashem, lel shimurim hula Hashem, means that Hashem protected us from the, the mashkis. He says, that's true, Hashem did protect us from the mashkis, but that's not what the Pasuk means, because the Pasuk says, when it describes this night as lel shimurim, it says, Shimurim Hulashem Lotia Merit Mistrayim. The Shimurim was to redeem us, not the Shimurim was to protect us from the Mashkis. The Pazik seems to be referring to the Exodus itself, which, which means Ramban therefore says, more like Rashi and the Rashbam, that the Shamar said Shamar Lahemadavar, like Yaakov, Vav Shamar Sadavar. It means that Akashbarhu anticipated this this night, that he would redeem them on this night. And he has a couple of different ways of explaining this. He says either it says that either that as soon as the appointed time came, God did not waste time, God immediately redeemed us. He brings the Pasuk of Be'itah Hishena, that when the time comes for redemption, God will hasten it. We mentioned a few weeks ago that Chazal Darsh and Be'itah Hishena as two, two conflicting models for Gula. Either Be'itah, either the Gula will come in the appointed time, or Achishena, or God will hasten it. Which one is it? Will it come in the appointed time or will hasten it? Chazal say that if we're zacha achishena, if we merit, then Hashem will bring it earlier. Lo zacha, there's a deadline. Even if we don't merit, it'll come by a certain day. The Ramban is learning the pasuk apparently that beitachishena goes together. That as soon as the right time comes, immediately God will be achishena. We'll make sure that we don't stay in gullus more than necessary. So that's his first chat of shamar lehemadavar, that God made sure to redeem us as soon as the right time came. Or slightly differently, he says that God was looking forward to a time where he could redeem us from Egypt. He wanted to take us out, but we had to deserve it. So God was anticipating the time where we would merit to, to be able to go out of Mitzrayim. So that was the Shimurim Hul Hashem. Hashem looked for a time where he could finally bring us out. This is the right time. Now I can do it. <coughs> but either way, this is similar to the Rashbam and to Rashi, that the 
that the Shimurim Hu Lashem doesn't mean he protected us, it means that he that he looked forward to that night, he looked forward and he, and he acted with alacrity on that night to bring us out as soon as, 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 soon as that night had arrived. What about the second half of the Pasuk, Shimurim Luchal Bnei Yisrael? So he says, again, that the, because Hashem was Shomerit for us, we are Shomerit for him, which means, he says, that, that like the Rashbam said, that, that we observe it with uh, the Achilles HaPesach and Zechiris HaNisim, mentioning the miracles that he did for us, and Hallel and Hodah. Like, as I said, B'Shamar Tos, Chuk HaAzos, B'Amar Shomer Eschodesh Oven. When, when, when Akash Baruch Hu tells us that you should observe this Chok, and he tells us, Shomer Eschodesh Oven, Vasis HaPesach, doesn't mean guard, it means that the Pshudosh Lomekra means that we should make sure to keep track and to observe, to, to, make, to, to, make, to ensure that we observe the, the, these, these laws and these dates properly. So that's like the Rashbam. That the that, that the shamar of the that the shamar of the of, of Bnei Israel, the shamar means that, that we observe it and we celebrate it. That we observe it and we celebrate it, similar to the Bnei Ezra as well. Explains the second shimurim like this: that we observe it and commemorate it and follow the laws. That's what the that's what shimurim l'chal Bnei Israel means. The Ral Bag says even a little more sharply: he says shimurim hu Hashem means that God remembered that night, remembered to take us out, as he had promised, and, uh, and that was the, the promise of the Brisbane Absarim, or that, that was the promise he had made, that, that, that Parah wouldn't let us go originally, and Hashem had architected the whole thing, that he wouldn't let us go immediately until this night of Machas Bukharus, and Shimurim Luchal Bnei Yisrael means Zechira, meaning that we are supposed to remember it, believe, and we're supposed to express that papat, the mitzvah of Sipur Yisrael, the, the mitzvah of the Seder, to shimurim, to mark, to, 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 to commemorate it. That's what it says. Zacharis Yom HaShabbos and Shamaris Yom HaShabbos. That's the source of Kiddush. Zacharis Yom HaShabbos, like Kaddish means, means various things. Because Al Darshan, that Zacharis Yom HaShabbos means a formal verbal Zechira. Mentioned Shabbos, Kiddush and Abdullah. And Shamar as well, he says. It means Zechira Bapap. It means to remember it, to, to, to remember it verbally. That's what the Rabbak says. That Shemurim called Bnei Yisrael it refers to the mitzvah of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We remember the things God did for us on the ni- on the night of the Seder. <coughs> As we mentioned, though, these are the various pshatim of Pshudoshal Mikra that that the first Shemurim Leil Shemurim Hu Hashem means that Hashem looked forward to and acted with alacrity upon this night, and Shemurim called Bnei Yisrael. Means that we anticipate, means that we observe it, we stay up at night, the Menezra says, that we observe the night of the Seder. There is, however, perhaps a more famous pshat of Leil Shimurim, and that's, I think, the, the pshat many people will probably tell you if you ask people what does Leil Shimurim mean, they'll say it's a night of protection, it's a night where Hashem provides us divine protection against harm. This is a pshat that Rashi brings briefly. Rashi says, the Leil Shimurim Hula Hashem refers to the fact that Hashem was Shomer and Metzap at Redimas. Shimurim Luchal Bnei Yisrael means Mishumur Obam and Hamazikin were protected from harmful forces. Just as back then Hashem did not let the Mashchis hurt us, so too, so too, this night, for future generations as well, it is Mishumur and Hamazikin. Rashi is, is alluding to, Rashi is citing in brief a Gemara in Psachim, a very interesting Gemara. The Gemara says, Mishnah says that the Chazal or Mesakein that we drink four cups of wine on the night of the Seder, on, on the first night of Pesach. The Gemara says, how could Chazal do that? How could Chazal institute a Takana to drink four cups of wine? We are told that doing things, doing things in pairs is dangerous. You shouldn't eat pairs of foods. You shouldn't drink pairs, even numbers of cups. Other things you shouldn't do in pairs. It, it, it's, a, it's a danger of either Kishof or Shadim, the, the Gemara and Rashi say. There's some kind of uh, supernatural danger that's attendant upon zugos, pairs of things. So how could Chazal be masakin an even number of kosos? Doesn't that lead to danger? So the Gemara brings three terutz. The first terutz is Amar of Nachman, Amar Kral Leil Shimurim, Leil Hamashumar Ubam and Hamazikim. You're right. Normally we're supposed to be careful not to do even numbers of things. The night of the Seder is different. We are, we are, we are promised extra protection, so we don't need to be as careful as we normally need. Imar brings other terutzim as well, but this first terutz is widely accepted that the night of the Seder is a Leil Shimurim. This is, this is different from the Pshat of the Rishonim, the Pshudosh Mikra, that Shimurim Luchal Bnei Yisrael means that we observe the Pesach. According to this Pshat, Leil Shimurim, either the first half of the Pasuk or the second half of the Pasuk or both halves of the Pasuk, the Gemara quotes the phrase Leil Shimurim, which is the first half of the Pasuk. Rashi brings this drush uh, 
on Rashi actually brings a drush on the second half of the pasuk on Shimurim Lechal Bnei Yisrael. Leil Shimurim he explains a Baruch Hu is But either way, one part of the pasuk, both parts of the pasuk, the, the Leil Shimurim. The, the, this, this is the pshat that we're familiar with. I think Leil Shimurim means that Kadosh Baruch Hu protects us. Therefore, we don't need to be, we don't need to worry about zugos about pairs of things. Mar has two other terms in why it's not a problem. But again, this is the pshat I think that is widely. Uh, that's widely accepted. Incidentally, Chazal seem to have believed in Zugos. Chazal seems to have believed, in, we would call this a superstition, but Chazal seems to have believed that even numbers of things exposes one to danger from either Kishuf or Shade. There is, as I recall, a Meiri. The Meiri was a rationalist, a follower of the Rambam. Not as extreme, not as confrontational, but uh, the Meiri was a rationalist. If I recall correctly, the Meiri says... Chazal didn't really believe, or he says, or he implies, Chazal didn't believe such things. This was a folk superstition. Chazal were not really concerned with Zugos. What the Gemara means here is that even though Chazal themselves personally were enlightened and sophisticated and didn't believe such things, the fact is that people did. For all their efforts, presumably, to educate and to enlighten the Jews, people have their beliefs, and it's not so easy to to tell people what to believe. (coughs) So what the Gemara means is, even though Zugos does, is not a real thing, the Rabbanan should have been sensitive, the, the, the Mardis Kasha was, the Rabbanan should have been sensitive to people's superstitious fears and not been misacking something which people would have a hard time with, which people would be scared about. Not that, not that it's actually such a thing. Not Pashem Shana the Gemara, certainly Pashem Shana the Gemara, because Al believed in, believed in this concern of Zugos. Okay. So that's what the Gemara says, it's a Leil Shimurim, that we have protection from Mazikim. Incidentally, there's a Tanhuma. Which, and a Mechilta, which seems to say just the opposite, which seems to say that the, that the night of the Seder is a particularly dangerous night. The, the Midrash says in Tanchum and Mechilta, it says that Shimurin means, according to one opinion, Tzrichin Yisrael l'shtamer bobalayla. The Yisrael has to, <coughs> has to be careful, that they need extra Shmira. In the Sefer, in the Sefer, Merkev is a Mishnah, Apirish on the Mechilta, he says, that's how he explains the Midrash. He says what the Midrash means is that, th- that because of Hashem said, don't go out of your house because there's danger in the streets, there's a mashkis on the loose, this night became a night of danger in general. We have to be extra careful in the time of the exodus. That man stay inside the house with the blood of the current Pesach on the walls. And it's in general, it's a, there's extra danger this night. We have to be extra careful. So while the Bavli says we, we, we can be less careful than usual, Leil Shimura means it's a night of protection, this Midrash, as understood by the Merkavish Mission, says just the opposite. It's a night where there's increased danger. Nevertheless, as we'll discuss in the remainder of the share, this is not the accepted pshat. Either we don't accept the Midrash, we accept the Bavli, or there's another pshat in the Midrash. All the, all the later, later post-Kim Rishonim and Akronim follow the pshat of the Bavli, that it is a night of extra protection, not a night where it is more dangerous. <coughs> Rashi, when Rashi explains that it's a Lel Shimurim, we have protection on this night, Rashi says, as the Pasuk says, Hashem would not allow the mashkis to harm us. That cuts both ways. The Mechilta says that there was a mashkis. We can't go out of the house because the mashkis is, uh, is, it has a reign of terror in the street. So it's a more dangerous night. And Rashi says just the opposite. When Hashem said, at least inside Hashem protected us, that means that we have extra protection. So, that, so, that, so that there are two sides to this coin. But the Bavli is, the Bavli is quite clear that we have extra protection in this night. The Midrash may imply the opposite. But as we're going to see, the the Misora pretty much unanimously accepts the Bavli, that this is a night of extra protection. The Rishonim bring various minhagim based on this idea of Leil Shimurim that we have protection. For example, the Maril says one of the minhagim is that we don't say all the Psukim of Kriyashma. Kriyashma we still say, Hamapil we still say, the Maril says, but the other Psukim that we say for Atzalam and Hamazikin, we don't, we don't need those Psukim because it's Leil Shimurim, Meshumur Abam and Hamazikin. It's interesting because I believe there is a Yerushalmi that says that the reason we say Kriyash Malamita is itself to be Shomer Menamazikin, which again, the Me'iri being a rationalist says it means that the Menamazikin are bad thoughts, that a person's on his bed at night and his mind wanders idly and he might think heretical thoughts or thoughts of, uh, thoughts of um, improper thoughts. So saying Kriyash to focus on Achtus Hashem and loving Hashem and the old the Kabbalah Sol Mitzvahs and so on that keeps the person from the harmful thoughts. But anyway, I think I think it does. I think Chazal did say that even Kriyashma itself is the Shamer Minamazikin. But 
whatever the pshat, whatever the reason is, the Maril, the Maril agreed that we conceded we should say Kriyashma and Amapil, but we don't say the other Pesukim from Mazikin because we have protection from Mazikin on the night of the Seder. The Maril then brings another minhag, uh, and this is a, uh, a very uh, striking minhag. He says, because of this principle that we have extra Shmira on the night of Pesach, we don't lock the doors of the houses with a strong bolt, the deadbolt, whatever it is, the extra secure lock. He doesn't say you leave the door open or you don't lock it at all, but he says you don't lock it with the high security extra level of locking. The Ikra is to believe in the Shmira of Hashem and the Godel Hamuna Vakol Hashem Shemai. So the Maril, the Maril brings a minhag that we don't lock the doors as securely as normally. That's also a, that's also a part of Lel Shimur. <coughs> that, 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 that we show that we have belief in a Baruch Hu's protection and we don't need to implement as much security as we do the rest of the year. The truth is, this minhag, not to lock the doors on the night of the Seder, or not to lock the doors as securely, Appears in a, it, it's an old minhag in Ashkenaz. It appears in much. The Maril was relatively late in the 15th century, but th- this appears in, in a number of earlier Ashkenazic sources as well. But there are actually two different reasons given for the minhag. One reason is the Maril's reason. Maril was 14th and 15th century, but one reason is the, Mar- the, is the Maril's reason because we don't need as much protection because it's a Lel Shimurim. There is another reason, though, an earlier reason that, that appears much earlier in the Ashkenazic Rishonim. In the Sefer Masirokeh of Rabbi of Rabbi, Eliz- of Rabbi, Eliz- Rabbi, Eliz- Rabbi Eliz- of Worms, the, the author of the Rokeh, and various other svarim, he says he he, re- he recalls having seen from earlier sources that that a certain gadol wouldn't lock the the doors of his house. The, 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 he, he saw in Megillah Starim of somebody. He saw Marana. He saw Merabana Aleph Abba. Somebody wouldn't lock the doors of his house at all. Again, soger in Hebrew can be ambiguous, can mean to lock or to close even, but he wouldn't be soger at all. It sounds like not just, not just that he wouldn't use the extra strong lock, he wouldn't lock it at all, or maybe even wouldn't close it. And that's our minog also, it says in Maser Akech. psuchos, the doors are open. Why? It doesn't say because we don't need Shmir. He says a different reason. He says, Kishayavu Elio, we anticipate the Gula, and Kishayavu Elio, when Elio comes as the harbinger of Mashiach, we can sally forth to meet him. But hey, Rabloika, we don't want to have to fuss with doors and locks. We want to just go running out to meet Elio and Navi. He, he brings a Pesach Hasidim Ligoel, Shnemar Lel Shimurim Hulashem, Mashum Rishesh Mebereshis. This is a famous machlokis among Chazal, Rabbi Lazar and Rishua, whether the Gula is going to be, it says, Benisa and Nigalu. They were redeemed in Nisan from Mitzrayim. One sheet just says, the Pesach Hasidim Ligoel, the, the, the future Gula will be in Nisan as well. The other sheet just says, it'll be in Tishrei. As a matter of fact, that Machilta Tanhum I brought earlier that says that that says that 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 says that the Lel Shimurim is the opposite, that we need extra Shmira. So that that actually was going on this Machlok, because Rabbi Ezra and Yeshua. Rabbi Ezra says, but Tishri exceedingly goyal. And <coughs> according to him, Shimurim means Trichin Yisrael Ishtamar Babalaila. According to Rabbi Yeshua, who says it's Meshumar for the future, that exceedingly goyal, that's Rabbi Yeshua Shita. So the Master Akech is kind of conflating the two sheets together. He's, he's bringing the sheet of Rabbi Yeshua that says that says that the uh, Leil Shimura means Sheboas Eden Ligal, the Gula will occur on will occur on the night of the will, will occur on the night of the on the, the, the Nisan and, and Pesach. He also brings the Drush of Rabbi Yezer that Shimura means uh, that, that this night is Shomer for the future. That the, the, the well, I'm sorry, he, he, that, that's a, he brings a drush of Rabbi Yeshua that, that Shabbat seeds and legal, nothing to do with Shmira protection. This night is the night of the, of the future Geula. Sheshem Ebereshis, it was already, uh, it was already Shomer. So that, that, that's, that's the, that's the drush that the, that the Medrash brings from Rabbi Yeshua. Nisana seeds and legal, and that's what Lel Shimura means. This is actually a pshat which is different from the Bavli. The Bavli says Lel Shimura means, Lel Shimura means that, it, that, that it, it, we're Meshurim and Amazikin. And 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 Rabbi Yeshua says that it means the that it means a seasonally guile. It means uh, this night is Meshur, 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 for the Gula Asida. 
Tosus says, Nachronim bring Tosus, that it's not a machlokas, even Rabbi Yeshua agrees with Meshurim ben Amazikin, because everyone agrees to that, because otherwise how can we drink Arabakosos? There are other churches in the Gemara, but Tosus, everyone agrees that it's Meshurim ben Amazikin. But the Maestro Kech, when he, when he explains the, the reason for leaving the doors open, he does not bring the drush of Meshurim ben Amazikin, he does not bring the, the, the issue of danger. Instead, he brings the other drusha, that, that this night is Meshumar for Gula Hasida, which is another Pshat in Leil Shimurim. We mentioned several Pshatim before. This is yet another Pshat, that Shimurim means that, that this night is being, is being uh, anticipated by God, it's being set aside by God for the future Gula, and that's why we leave the door open, so we can, so to show that we believe this, and so we can run out and, the, and greet Elio when he arrives. This Pshat is found in the Sefer Amanhig as well. Bedrooms. I'm not sure if that means they lock the front door. They wouldn't lock the bedroom doors. Or I'm not sure what, what, what it means. What he means by bedrooms. But he says, why do we, why brings the same reason as as Rabbi Lazar as Rabbi Lazar of Worms. The Gula is going to be Anisa. That's what El Shimura means. If Elio comes. We want the door to be open so we can rapidly go out to greet him, and we believe that, and the, and the Shara Baramuna will bring the Gula. Arzurua brings this from Rabbi Nisim, same Pshat, and it's a Muna that the, leave the door open because, because of the Gula. So we have these two different, two, two very different explanations in the, in the, in the Ashkenazic we showed him for why we leave the door open or unlocked or less locked. One reason is because we don't need as much protection, because it's Leil Shimurim in the sense of protection, like the Bavli. The other shot is because this night is Mishumar and is reserved and dedicated for the Gula Hasida, like the Midrash's Pshat, the Mechilta and the Tanchumas Pshat in Lel Shimurim, it's Shumar for the future Gula. We want to be able to run out and greet Elio without any, any obstructions in our way. Did they already have this custom that we have to open the door for Eliyahu in the Seder itself? Yeah, so, 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 so how, he's, how he's noting a related custom of opening the door during, opening the door during Shvach HaMascha. And indeed, in the, 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 the and indeed, there are some poskim who, 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 who connect the Leil Shimurim to that custom. For example, in the language of the Shulchan Aruch Harav, he says, the meaning is to say Shvocha Mascha, and we open the door to to remember, to to remind ourselves, to acknowledge Shu Leil Shimurim Ve'in Misyarim Mishum Darber. We're not afraid of anything. So I I don't I, I didn't go through. I don't remember the origins of that custom to open the door specifically specifically for Shvocha Mascha. But the, the, the version of the custom that the Rishonim say that I'm quoting is that they would leave the door open in general at night, not just during Shulchan Maska. That, that the version of Shulchan Maska might be related to that as well, as the Shulchan Aruch Harav says. Now, when I was young, when I was young, this used to be a major point of contention between, on the one hand, my siblings and me, and my mother on the other hand. We always told her, we need to leave the door open, or unlocked at the very least, because it says that the Leil Shimurim, the old minog of the German uh, postkin, we leave the door unlocked. My mother said, we are not leaving the door unlocked. This is, uh, there, 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 are, there are bad things can happen if we leave the door unlocked, and you know, I appreciate what the Rishonim said, but we are not leaving the door unlocked. And the truth is, my mother's position is, is found in the postkin as well. The, the Magen Avram, Magen Avram brings the Maril, that we don't lock the door with a Bria Chazak, but he adds, It's all very well to, to, to trust in divine protection, but if it's Shriach Hazeka, if danger is prevalent, then we do not rely on an ace and we lock the door as securely as we can. Chak <coughs> Yaakov as well. The Chak Yaakov brings, not to Maril, but to say for Amanik, the other reason for leaving the door open for Elio. But then he says, We don't do this. We, we do not observe this custom. Thieves were apparently prevalent in his time and his place. Therefore, it's not responsible to leave the doors open. We don't do it. So the Magan Avram and the Chak Yaakov and the Shulchan Aruch Harav as well, they, the, the post can all, the post can bring this thing. It's all very well to say that, 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 to say that, I, that I don't... Uh, that, I, that, that, I want to, that, that I want to do the minute of leaving the door open. I want to show that it's Lel Shimurim. I want to be ready to greet Elio, but if it's dangerous, if it's Shechiach then, then we can't rely on Nisim, and we should, not leave, we should not leave the door open. So that's another position that she believed it was Shechiach in, in our area in, in at that, that time, and therefore she would, not leave the, she would not leave the door open. Now there is some question as to whether the Leil Shimurim applies to Spiritual danger only, as the case in the Gemara with the Zugos, a kind of supernatural spiritual danger, 
or whether it applies even to physical danger, even to danger from Ganavim. The language of the Maril, of, of the Magen Avram and the Chak Yaakov, that if it's Shchiach Ganavim, if it's prevalent, we don't rely on an ace. The implication is that if the Ganavim are not so prevalent, we do leave the door open. Even though they exist, as long as they're not Shchiach, we do it. We don't worry about the Ganavim unless they're Shchiach. The implication would be that, they, that we're protected from Ganavim as well. There are some contemporary authorities, a number of contemporary authorities, who assume, who, who propose that the protection is only from spiritual danger, not from physical danger at all. So the question is, again, why do the Chakyak have to say, and can't be someone just say, the, the protection doesn't apply to Ganavim. So, if it's Ganavim, it's not much like that from the, from the Magen Avram and from the Chakyakov, but the, but that's what, that's what some contemporary, contemporary authorities suggest. The various contemporary posts can discuss a case, I don't know if this is a real case or a made-up case, but various contemporary posts can discuss a case of somebody was entrusted by another person with property to guard. He's a shomer. And he left the door unlocked on Pesach night following this minog of Leil Shimurim. <coughs> and sure enough, it was stolen. So can he claim, well, I, I acted responsibly, it's Leil Shimurim. So a number of contemporary posts can have said that that's not, that's not, a, valid, uh, that's not a valid defense. Rav Aaron Leib Steinman is quoted as having said, that he says it was a Maisa Shaya, someone left the doors open and thieves broke in and stole things. Rabbi Leib was asked whether a person has to pay for them. He answered that Norma says it's protected from Mazikin, demons, doesn't say anything about thieves, no protection against thieves, and the person must pay. They bring from Eliashev a slightly different argument. They bring in the name of Eliashev that the that Eliashev said the Marillo is speaking about in Yanim Ruchniyim, the Dvarim Ramim Vinniskavim, and, and a, a person has that person can do that on his own account, he says, but not when you have property belonging to somebody else. You have to ask him if he wants to be from and rely on Leil Shimurim or not. If he doesn't, if he's not mask him, your obligation to somebody else is to act, uh, to follow the laws in Shulchan Aruch and not to say Leil Shimurim. Other posts can bring this idea of Ruchniyas versus Gashmias. Rabbi Yashif's argument is not so clear. If you honestly believe that it's Leil Shimurim, it's not a question of frumkeit. If, if, you, if you believe it, uh, then, then, then it's responsible to leave the door unlocked. If you believe there's divine protection, what's the problem? Why, why because there's someone else involved, why can I rely on divine protection? More than that, one can argue, and I think some contemporary writers do argue, I gave a share of this a couple of years ago, and I had my notes from then. As I was preparing my, my, my weekly column on the parish of today, I discovered I actually wrote about this about eight years ago, back, uh, back, back, in, uh, back in Tufshin, uh, I and Hay. And there I brought, I think, that some posts can actually said this far, that as long as, as long as the Shomer acts in accordance with the Minhag, that's all he has to do. We discussed this back in Parshish Vayetze. The, 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 the posts can say, the Gemara in Hamafka gives us all kinds of rules for how a shomer is supposed to guard the property, depending on what kind of property it is, how valuable it is, how prevalent thieves are, how, how, he, how, how heavy or, or uh, mobile the property is. So there's all kinds of rules for, for how to safeguard, how to safeguard different, how a shomer is expected to safeguard different types of property. However, the post can say, in a variety of different contexts, and this is a well-accepted principle in halacha, post can say, as we find in many areas in Choshen Mishpat, these are defaults, these are standard rules, absent any agreement to the contrary. But if they agree to, to other forms of Shmira, that's fine. And more than that, if there's a minhag, the post can say, if there's a clear minhag that, that certain property is, is, is secured in a certain way, the shomer, is, the shomer is allowed to follow the minhag, because even if it's different from the Gemara, even if it's more lax than the Gemara, because in many areas in Chosh Mishpah we say that anyone who does business, anyone who, anyone who makes a deal with somebody else, it's al-dasa minhag, it's in accordance with the minhag. So if the minog is to, to, to guard the property in a less secure way than prescribed by the Talmud, that's the minog. And, the, and when the person entrusted you with the property, he knew that's what you would do, because that's the standard minog. And therefore, he has no further claim against you. So when we discuss leaving the door open on Pesach night, if that is a widely followed minog, again, I don't know if it is or is not today. I, I don't know how many people have my mother's attitude and how many people have the carefree and reckless attitude that we had when we were young. So I, I don't know to what extent... It's a widespread minog or not. But if it is a widespread minog, it was brought in the, the Ramah. If it is a widespread minog, one can argue that it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter whether whether in theory it's a, it, I, I, I have the theoretical right to rely on this level of shmir or not uh, on someone else's cheshbon, whether it's varim ramim from his If this is the practice, me'ezatam shahu, 
That's the minhag. And, and, the, and the person understood that. By giving me the property, he understood that one night a year, I'm going to leave the doors open. And he knew that and accepted that. So the, one can make a very strong argument that it doesn't matter whether, in theory, the Shomer has the right to rely on Varim Ramim from the Skavman, Lel Shimurim. Given that, that is the minhag, one can make a very strong argument that he, has, that, that, that he cannot be held liable for following the minhag. Maybe Rabbi Asha felt it was not the minhag. Maybe he felt that not everyone did this, especially in our time. Maybe he felt today it was really Shriach Kanavim Kanavim, where there shouldn't be a minhag like this. There is no minhag like this. It's hard to know. This is all only Piyashmua. But in any event, there are poskim who say <coughs> that a Shomer cannot defend himself by saying that he left the door open because of Lel Shimurim, either because the protection is only from is only from uh, Ruchniyistic harm, not from Gashmiyistic harm, although, again, that's not the Mashmos of the Achronim, like the Magen Avram and the Chak Yaakov, but either that, or because you can't do it on someone else's cheshman, but the, or, be, or, or because these are Dvarim Ramim Vinesgavim, but the bottom line is, it's, one could also make the case that he is Pater, because he acted in accordance with the Minog, he acted in accordance with the Halacha, the Halacha says this is a Lel Shimurim, one can argue that he actually is Pater. Now, Another context in which Leil Shimurim comes up, a very uh, interesting context, another very interesting context, Halach Ma'anya is recited in Aramaic. Most of the Haggad is in Hebrew. Halach Ma'anya is recited in Aramaic. It's a famous question. It's still early in the Seder. People have a lot of energy for Devei Torah. People have all kinds of explanations for why Halach Ma'anya is recited in Aramaic. And the truth is, this is not a modern question. The Rishonim offered many different explanations. Some of them are very down-to-earth and... Uh, and reason and rational, like that was the language that they spoke. That the earlier the other parts of the Agada were composed in a culture that spoke Hebrew. This part of the Agada was composed in a in Bavel, in a place where they spoke Aramaic. Shpolalekat brings that from his uh, from his brother. That that was the language they spoke. It was Niskan and Bavel, and we want the women and children to understand it. It's in Mikayim they got it to I'm not sure why we don't translate the rest. That's why some people say you should translate the rest of the Haggadah into Aramaic. But, the, the, but the, it, was, it was said in a language they would understand. They have to understand it. That's obviously a, a, a more down-to-earth pshat. Shavuot Lecha brings another pshat that uh, in Yerushalayim they would speak Aramaic. I'm not sure what that means. But one famous pshat for why we say in Aramaic goes all the way back to Rashi. Not in the svarim that Rashi himself actually wrote, but in various in various in, in svarim of his Talmidim, the Sefer Apardes, and elsewhere, <coughs> another peerage which he may have written actually. So attributed to Rashi is a pshat. You know why we say it in Aramaic? Because of Mazikin, worried about the demons. It says demons speak in Hebrew. That's a Gemara, which Rashi understands means, and they don't understand. They're not fluent in Aramaic. Therefore, if we would speak in, in Hebrew, we would say, "Call call Mishu Anyone hungry, come in and eat." The Mazikin would say, "Okay, we're coming in." They would get together, they would come in, and they would uh, cause problems. They would damage things. Therefore, we speak in Aramaic, so they won't understand it, and they won't come in and interfere with our suda. Shmuelalek it says that his Mori Harav Rabbi Yamin asked on this chat. Lel Shimurim. What are you worried about, Mazikin? It's a Lel Shimurim. Why is this a problem? This question appears in the Sefer Moshe of Canaan, a compilation of the Pirushim of Tosos Alatara. Lel Shimurim. He brings Rashi, Rashi that we started with, Rashi on Parshas Bo, who says, brings the Gemaram Tzachim, that it's a Lelam Shurman and Mazikin. Kashi says, if so, why do you have to read the Haggad in, in Aramaic? It's because of Mazikin, but it's Mashumar. It, it's uh, it's Mashumar and Mazikin. So what are we worried about? Avar Brunel asked this kasha as well. In Avar Brunel's Haggadah, he also deals with the question of why Zevach Pesach. He deals with the question of why Halach Mani is recited in Aramaic. He brings his chat. He says, some people say that we don't want the Mazikim to come and, 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 and wreck our Suda. Says the, says the Avar Brunel very dryly. This was always a favorite. My father would, 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 would say this at the Seder. The Avar Brunel very dryly raises a number of objections to this chat. He says... And there, there are very there are a number of dubious assumptions that this pshat is making. First of all, he's assuming Shadim exists, that there's a real thing called Shadim. The Gemara is full of discussions about Shadim. The Barbanel very actually himself elsewhere discusses whether Shadim exists. He's not actually so sure, I believe. He actually goes back and forth on whether Shadim actually exists. Back on Parshas uh, Shmos, I think he talks about it. About the Khartoumim, Bayas, Kane, Khartoumim, Trayim, Blotehem, Masa Shadim, Chazal talk about. 
he talks. He, Rabbi Nala, I think, was 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 uncertain whether shadim existed, but here he says this idea that uh, that, we, that that we want to avoid the shadim. It presumes that shadim exists, which is not uh, that which is not which is not uh, which 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 which, 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 that, which is not so not just a simple assumption. I, I always grumble about the Art Girl's translation. When Art Girl translates this of Abernell, they translate it as, first of all, it demands that we believe that there are harmful spirits, and they insert in brackets whose purpose it is to disturb our Seder. As if to say, of course, the Abernell agrees there are Shadim, he's just not sure whether there are, whether there are uh, malevolent and uh, annoying Shadim. Abernell is not, not really saying that. He seems to be saying that he's not sure there are Shadim at all. Article makes of Abernell sound a little more from by implying that he didn't actually doubt the Matthias of Shadim. And the truth is, as I said, Abernell does elsewhere discuss whether Shadim exists. I, I think he's not so sure about it. Okay. But either the Abernell is not sure there are Shadim at all, or he's not sure that there are Shadim who are nuisance Shadim. Second, he says, this Pshat assumes that this Pshat assumes that they, they, they understand Lushan Kodesh and not Aramaic, which again, the idea that they speak Lushan Kodesh is a Gemara. I don't think the Gemara explicitly says they don't speak Aramaic, but Abarbanel is not convinced of this assumption either, that they don't speak Aramaic and they do speak Hebrew. Third, he says, these are polite shadim. This chat assumes these are polite and well-mannered shadim who won't come in unless we invite them. Like a father, like a son who respects his father, like a servant respects his master. And you know, that's, these are all very dubious assumptions that these shadim are. The truth is, in a lot of uh, a lot of fiction or a lot of folk tales, we work with these assumptions that there are malevolent forces out there that are are terrifyingly powerful. But until you invite them, until you somehow trigger something by 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 doing some spell or reciting some incantation, they have no power over you. That, that is a common belief in in in, in, in various cultures. Abarbanel is not convinced that the shadim are, if there are shadim, that they'd be polite enough not to enter unless we invite them, he says. And he says, furthermore, further, furthermore he says, because Al told us in a different Gemara, which maybe we'll discuss soon, that uh, people engage in the, in the practice of a mitzvah are protected from harm, and it's Lashimurim, Laila Mashumaris, Babamana Mazikin. But we're protected anyway from Mazikin. So, so that last kasha is the same kasha we, we mentioned from the. Moshe of Zikainim and the Shemal Eleket brings this question. One answer to this question offered by both the Moshe of Zikainim and Rabbi Nachman Kasher brings this from a pirush of Rabbi Yeshaya Ditrani, the elder, the author of the Tosis Rid, is that, yes, although it's Lel Shimurim, although Shluchim Mitzvah and Nizokin, but again, if you invite them, then, then you lose the protection. If you actually invite them in, then, you, then you're, not, you're not guaranteed protection. Moshe of Zikainim says, Me'atzmanen Rashad. Mazikin can't get you on their own, but if, if, if we would say Belosh and Kodesh, they would understand, called Kalman, Tzarek, Yesev, are you by him? Uh, then they would come. So the, if you invite them, then all bets are off. Um, says something else, which I don't fully understand. Osetakara, Enam, Bavar, Yira, I'm not sure what that means. Maybe it's another reason we say Alakmani in Aramaic, he means to say. This same idea is in, is in Rabbi Shayim Detrani as well. He says that, he's quoted as saying that when it says Meshurim and Mazikin, they don't do things on their own. But if you, on your own volition, invite them in, call me Shurav Yavo, if they understood, they would come. And therefore we say in Aramaic, so they won't come. <coughs> okay, I, I don't have too much to say about this. I don't really understand the, the nature of Shadim. I just want to conclude by, by bringing that... Uh, Abarmanel brings two Gemaras. He brings the Gemara about its Lel Shimurim were protected from Mazikin. He also brings another Gemara that says Shluchim Mitzvah and Nizokin. That's also a Gemara in Psachim, as well as elsewhere. The Gemara is discussing B'dikas Chametz. The Gemara there is discussing being bodek in certain places where, where the B'dikah could entail some danger, either going into certain holes where there might be scorpions, or being bodek inside a, a wall that separates a Jew and a non-Jew, and if the non-Jew sees the Jew poking around, he'll get suspicious, he'll think the Jew is up to no good, and he may start up with the Jew. So the Gemara says that the, that the Gemara brings an opinion that Chazal exempted you from B'dikah there because it's dangerous. So the Gemara asks, on either version of this danger, you worried about scorpions, you worried about uh, antagonizing the non-Jew, shluchim mitzvah and nizokin, but, but you're protected from harm when you're doing a mitzvah. The Gemara gives various terutzim. One of them is, with regard to the scorpion, or let me actually quote it, make sure I quote it correctly, the Gemara says that, when the Gemara asks this question about the scorpion, the Gemara says, shluchim mitzvah and nizokin, so the Gemara says, 
that, okay, but the concern is that, that you might keep looking for needles and other things like we do. We do with these comments. We take advantage and do some spring cleaning also as well. We look for other things that the misplaced that we find and when we, when we go around looking. While you're doing that, that's not a mitzvah and, and you're apt to suffer harm. And uh, after the badika, you're apt to suffer harm when you're doing that. Then the Mara brings the shot of the Sakanas Gayim that we're afraid about antagonizing the non-Jews. The Mara says again, what happened to uh, what happened to what happened, what happened, what happened to, to, to the principle of Shluchim Mitzvah Eino Nizokin? So what, happened, what happened to Shluchim Mitzvah Eino Nizokin? So the Gemara says, Just as we said, they say that we don't rely on Lel Shimurim when it's Shriach Hazeka. The Gemara says this already about, about Shluchim Mitzvah Eino Nizokin. When Shluchim Mitzvah Eino Nizokin applies in general, it doesn't apply, it does not apply when it's Shriach Hazeka. This came up a lot during during COVID, in the, in the when when there was discussion about how rigorously to follow all the guidelines that were being recommended and required by the health authorities and governments, social distancing and masking and so on. So the question was: if, if you're doing a mitzvah, if you're going to shul, if you're davening, is there a rule of shluchah mitzvah and an izokin? So some argue no, because if it's, I mean, you can argue with to the extent that the hezek is prevalent, then we don't rely on shluchah mitzvah and nizokin. Others said, well, if the danger is very low, obviously shluchah mitzvah and nizokin is not talking about whether the danger is zero. If the danger is zero, you don't need a principle shluchah mitzvah and nizokin. It's also not talking about whether the danger is, is significant, because that's shriach hezekah. The Imar doesn't define what the middle level is. There's some intermediate level where the danger is not zero, but it's not shriach, that's where we say shluchim etzvan and izokin. The question is, you know, what, what are the limits of that? Uh, what level of danger are we talking about? So, so that, that, that's where this kind of thing was discussed during uh, that. This thing was discussed during during COVID. The Gemara's example, the Gemara's proof that we don't say shluchim etzvan and izokin when it's is from the story of Shmuel. Hashem told, Hashem instructed Shmuel Hanavi. He, he, that uh, that 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 uh, was was upset with the way Shaul had disobeyed him, so he told Shmuel, "Go appoint David to be the king instead of Shaul." So Shmuel said, "Ech elech, how can I do that? How can I go? It's, it's not safe. How can I go?" Ech elech, Haragani. It's treason. He's going to kill me if he finds out. He'll find out and he'll kill me. So Hashem said, "I'll give you a cover story. You'll take an eglas bakar." You'll say you're offering a sacrifice. You'll have a cover story that nobody will know your your true your true mission. <coughs> what was Shmuel worried about? What happened to Shluchim Etzvan and Nizokin? The answer is it was Shriach Hazeka. Treason, uh, high treason is if the king finds out it's Shriach Hazeka, and therefore we don't say Shluchim Etzvan and Nizokin when it's Shriach Hazeka. So, but so this, this is the point that we pass in with regard to the Lel Shimurim, and this is the point that we pass in with regard to Shluchim Etzvan and Nizokin as well. That we're the Hazeka, we don't, uh, we're not Samachalane, so we don't worry about, uh, we, we don't worry about, we, we're not Samachalane, so we, we don't rely on the divine protection. We mentioned earlier that there are some who say that the Lel Shimurim is only from spiritual danger, not from Ganavim, not from temporal danger. There are actually those who say that about Shluchim and Nizokin as well. The protection is only from spiritual danger, not from physical danger. It's very difficult to reconcile that with the Gemara. The Gemara talks about scorpions that bring shluchim and nizokin, and there are there are posts in various places who do seem to assume that it applies to temporal danger as well. But nevertheless, there are some Akron who try to claim that shluchim that the principle shluchim mitzvah is really about spiritual danger. I'll just mention I mentioned COVID. I'll just close with mentioning a, a favorite tshuva of mine from Rabbi Leo Kolatskin. Rabbi Leo Kolatskin was a great Polish posik a hundred years ago, hundred 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 thirty years ago. He had a tshuva from the year 5653, 1893. That was during the fifth cholera pandemic of the 19th century. So the governments were desperate to try to find public policy means to, to, to stem the, the, the contagion of cholera. So at that time, they believed that cholera was transmitted through tainted meat. It's ironic, because today we know that was actually a mistake. It's transmitted through the oral fecal route primarily, where if you drink contaminated water, water contaminated by sewage, that's where the cholera bacteria get to. But back then, they, they thought that it was, uh, it was it tainted meat, meat that was left out, of the, left out too long, would somehow decompose and cause cholera. So they passed a law, the government passed a law that said meat could not be sold, they didn't have refrigeration, and meat could not be sold more than three days after slaughter. This posed a difficulty for the kosher butchers around Yom Tov time. 
because the demand would spike. There would be a very high demand for meat. And for Jews in particular, it was very hard to meet such a spike in demand because when we shecht animals, we often find trephus. We have to be able to to unload the trephus onto non-Jews if we don't want to take a complete loss. But, but since there was such a spike in demand and a spike in shechita, the, the capacity of the non-Jews for meat was, wasn't at a high enough level so that they would have had to throw away a lot of the meat and it would, it would have caused a logistical nightmare for the Jews to try to shecht in a cost-effective manner. So they asked Rebbe Kalatskin, do they have to follow the law? Can they, can they ignore the law and shecht even after three days? And, he's, and he's, his answer is, what are you talking about? Are you, because you have a business problem, you want to risk the lives of the, of, of the public, he says, you want, you want to put the public in danger and risk people's lives, your profits can't be put ahead of the physical safety of the, of the public, he says. He goes on and on, proving the Chazal were concerned about Sakana and that we have to respect the science and so on. He has the whole thing about the Manus Harofim, how, we have, to, how we, have to, we have to respect science. It's ironic, actually, because the science was wrong in that case. The science that tainted meat is not, probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but it wasn't actually causing cholera. The, as far as we know today, spoiled meat is not a vector for cholera transmission. But, all right, but that in, 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 in a way, it's ironic. In a way, that's the greatest lesson. We have to respect the science. Science is not uh, nevuah. It's not always right, but... But science is, uh, is reliable enough that the halacha expects you to respect it, because it's usually right. It's, uh, it's, it's right enough that you have to respect it, unless you have, unless, 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 uh, because that's the best you can do. So he says that certainly they have to, certainly they have to, certainly they have to respect the law and respect uh, the, the medical advice. What about the fact that Shluchim Mitzvah and Nizokin, they were shechting meat for the Mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov, so why can't they rely on Shluchim Mitzvah and Nizokin, or Shor Mitzvah Le'edah Dabarah, so he says it doesn't apply, because first of all, it might be shliach hazeka. If, if there's cholera going around, that could be shliach hazeka. Even if it's not, he says he claims that, that, that we don't that we don't rely on. He claims that we don't rely on shlukah mitzvah and nizokin because because we have the possibility of buying fresh meat. You can only rely on shlukah mitzvah and nizokin when there's no other choice. If you simchas yantiv. He says he says if we have an option if if we have an option of. Uh, of, 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 of not relying on Nisim, then you can't, even, even if it is a mitzvah, he says, even if it's not Shriya Chazeka. As I mentioned, there are Akronim who say that Shlucha Mitzvah doesn't apply Bechlal to, uh, to, to physical danger, only to spiritual danger. Stechemet brings such, a, such an idea. Rav Klatkin himself, or a different Shuva, brings such a possibility. But, but there he seems to say it's because natural danger is by definition Shriya Chazeka, which again, is not necessarily true. There can be low level natural danger as well. But anyway, there are some posts who say that it only applies to to school in nature, but the and it certainly wouldn't apply to cholera. Furthermore, there is a sheet in the Akronim who say that 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 there is a sheet in the Akronim of Klatskin and another tshuva and the different Mokiel say that you can only say shluchim with and nizokin if your intentions are purely l'shem shemayim. If you're acting uh, out of if you're acting purely l'shem mitzvah, if you're acting if you're acting for you know, for for economic reasons and for down to earth reasons. You may be like at the head of Shlukim Mitzvah, the, the protection of Shlukim Mitzvah and Nizokin, but the <coughs> so there are, there are a variety of reasons why we why we might not apply Shlukim Mitzvah and Nizokin to cholera. The most obvious being because of Shliach Kazeka. There are other reasons as well. I'll call upon them both with regard to Shlukim Mitzvah and Nizokin and with regard to to Leil Shimurim. The post can do say that when Shlukim Mitzvah that when it's Shliach Kazeka we don't rely on it, and that's why the that's why the Magnavram, the Chakyako, the Shulchan Acharav, and my mother recommend against leaving the door open. But in a case where it's a low crime neighborhood, the danger and the danger is relatively low, then we have this minute to leave the door open. As we said, it's actually for for two different reasons are given. Either the reason of Lel Shimurim, we have protection from from Azikin, even from Ganavim, according to many and according to some apparently, and we don't have to worry about extra protection, or because we want to show that we believe Benisim was even legal, we want to show that we believe in the Gula. We're anticipating the arrival of Elio. We want to be we want to be ready and prepared and able to run out and greet Mashiach, greet Elio without any delay at all.